Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth podcast. I'm your host, author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg, here to encourage you wherever you are in your healing journey. In each episode, I chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you've found it. Let us help you find your joy in life. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to Grief and Rebirth Podcast. As many of you know, I had a profound spiritual awakening when my husband's soul died next to me in a tragic car accident, which led me to write my book called They Serve Bagels in Heaven. Corrine LaFont, who is our inspiring, empowering guest today, interviewed me about both my spiritual awakening and my book for her now syndicated radio show called Between the Lines Empowering Network. Corrine and I had tremendous synergy on our radio interview, so much so that I now want to share the bright light who is Corrine with all of you. <laughs> Corrine was born and raised on the Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago and now lives in Jamaica. She is a speaker, author, self-worth coach, and consultant. Her career has opened the doors to the speaking arena for self-publishing, writing, and marketing, and she also coaches people who desire to start an online business. In addition, she now has a blog that often speaks to women in toxic relationships. Corrine has two books coming out with, I'm sure you'll agree, very intriguing titles called The Role of a Mistress and I Deserve Better. Welcome, Corrine. It is so great to be chatting with you again. Oh, my goodness. You make me sound so good. I wonder who you're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Thank you, Irene. Oh, my goodness. It is such a pleasure to be here. I, I haven't had an interview in a long time. And I, I said, you know, it's one of my goals to kind of get back you know, in getting interviews, because, you know, we who have our own online businesses and stuff, it's always good to, to get out there. I'm interviewing more people than I'm being interviewed. So it's my first interview for 2019 and for a long time. So I am so happy to be here. And I'm honored to be your first interview, having been interviewed by you. And it was just a wonderful interview that we had together. So can I let me start by asking you my first question for, for our yeah. interview here. Can you tell our listeners about your own journey of self-discovery and, and awakening? Oh, my gosh. What a heavy question. Uh, they're all going to be heavy questions. So get ready. <laughs> Listen, I, to tell you when and how it started, I really cannot say. All I knew is that, um, oh, and let me correct something that you said. I'm not in Jamaica at this moment. I was in Jamaica for 21 years. I came back to my home country. July 2017. So you're actually talking to me in Trinidad and Tobago at this oh, time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was in Jamaica for 21 years, but I'm back home now. I just needed to be home. And that is actually part of the awakening and part of my self-discovery. Um, I was in a 27-year relationship um, with my ex. Uh, not married. Thank God. <laughs> two children coming from that union. Two boys, 23 and 15. 
one is here with me in, in Trinidad and Tobago now. He was also, both of them were raised in, in, in Jamaica. So his whole life he knows about Jamaica, but um, he was born in Trinidad, but he's here now. So he came back here about May, just a few months before me, two months before I did, May, July, May 2017. And my youngest is still in, in Jamaica. He's in high school, so I'm allowing him to finish off his high school. And then, you know, hopefully his decision, I'm hoping that he makes the right decision to come join me and his brother over here, um, because it would be the better, better thing for him going forward. Um, his older brother has seen the benefits of, of coming back home. You know, um, they're dual citizens of both Trinidad and Jamaica. So his older brother has seen the benefits. He has grown. I've seen him grow and develop as a young man. And I'm extremely proud of him and, and his success thus far. And I only see more success coming to him. So I want the same for his younger brother, my youngest son. Now, 27 years in that relationship. Wow. It's, it's been a lot of ups and downs. You know, I, I started that relationship when I was um, a fresher in, in, in university. That's where it all started. You know, that's where a lot of relationships would have started. You know, you're young. You're, I was, what, probably 19 because I finished school pretty early. So I was in my 1920s kind of age. And, you know, you, you're off on your own. You know, I'm living on campus and hall, dorms as they call it. And you, 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 you feel you fall in love. And you hear me say, you feel you fall in love. <laughs> and everybody wants to fall in love at that time right? anyway. Right. And, and it's, I think it's more about a lot of pressure, social mm -hmm. pressure. Your friends are in, you know, in relationships and you feel, hey, I should have somebody too. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I want, one of the tips I want to point out to people, do not feel pressured to do anything. Even if your friends are doing it or in it, and doing it means sex or intimacy or relationships or partying or drinking or smoke. It doesn't matter what it is. If you don't feel uh, uh, it doesn't resonate within yourself, within your inner being, with you, you hear the voice telling you, this doesn't feel right. Don't do it. Don't try to be a part of something that is not you. And, and you see... <laughs> It calls for you being strong. It calls for you being willing to take a lot of flack from your friends, a lot of peer pressure, um, friends, family, whoever. And if it's one place you will get peer pressure is at a university. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll you, bet. Get, you get it there. It's, it's really an awakening of itself, a rude awakening of itself, where you really are going through that time alone, you're on your own, you don't have your parents overlooking you, you're not in your parents' home, so you feel, hey, I'm alone, I'm an adult, I can manage myself, whatever, really, I'm telling you, it's a testing ground. <laughs> it's a testing ground for later on in your life, I can tell you that. A good testing ground, and it also helps you to see who, to, to learn who you really are, who you want to become. So, you know, I saw my friends being in relationships, and of course, you're alone, nobody watching you, you come and go as you please, you study when you want. And I mean, I have always been a very disciplined person in studying and, you know, I'm managing my time. I've always been disciplined when it comes to that. So nothing could shake me when it comes to my goals and, and what I want to achieve. No man, no nothing. I, I get very focused and I don't know you. And I've had, I've, had, I've had that kind of feedback coming to me. 
you know, from people saying, wow, when, you, when you're focused, you don't know me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know you. You know, I'm focused. I, you, Sounds you know. like you're very passionate when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you really get into something. And I, that, and I can, I can be a little bit like that too. You're, you're, you're so heart driven and you're so passionate about what you're doing. It's just a singular focus and it's not singular. personal to anything. No, it's not. And it's not to mean that I, I want to ignore you. It's just, I need to be focused. Mm-hmm. And I think that when somebody's focused and passionate on something, they need to be focused and I should respect their time. Mm-hmm. So, so these are all little signs that I started seeing from, from the university days, you know, demands of my time, that type of a thing. And, you know, it's kind of hard right now, you know, being on air to, to specifically tell you this I saw, that I saw. But I, 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 as I look back on the past, what, more than 27 years now, you know, there, there are signs that come to you. And how you know? You know because you hear it inside. You hear that voice saying, why would he behave this way? Why would he say that? Why would he react? One of the things that is coming to me right now is that my friends couldn't relate to him. Even, even when, you know, I moved to, to Jamaica and stuff and people just, people would ask me, does he smile? Does mm. he laugh? You know, little, little things that you would just brush off. And I'd be like, of course he smiles. Of course he laughs. You know, it's just because he wasn't relatable. You, you, you know, it's, it's not somebody that you, you know, you carry a friend or somebody and you could leave them and, you know, it, it, it's fine. There's, there's no clinginess or whatever. And I never paid attention because, hey, when you're young, you feel you want somebody to be clingy. You want somebody to be jealous because it makes you feel, oh, you're more wanted. You're more wanted. He you know, it's interesting you. also, though, to me, Corrine, because I had a similar experience in my first mm-hmm. marriage. Um, it seems to me that you're too young to recognize the signs exactly. of meekness or even sometimes a touch of mental illness or or how you're just not compatible or whatever. And it know. takes life to start to wise yes. up. Nobody would know at that point about narcissism. I still a lot of people don't even know about narcissism right mm-hmm. now. It's it's not a word that people know. And I didn't know. I wasn't aware at the time. Like I tell you, life at a university is a rude awakening. It's an awakening of itself. And we go through different levels and types of awakening. And you know, birthing grounds kind of thing. And I never knew. But at the time you're young, what is happening to you? Like I said, with the pressure, you know, your friends have people, but you don't know what your mm-hmm. friends are going through with their own person either, you know. <laughs> but you see and in your own physical eyes, they look lovely. They, they're kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy. They're going out. They're always together. But you don't know. You don't know. But you feel- I always... I always have an expression, Corrine. I can't make a judgment about anyone's relationship unless I'm sleeping under their bed. I really, oh, in I the really bed. don't know because oh, they put a mask on. Yeah, yeah. Even in the bed, you don't yes. want to be sleeping under the bed. You want to be sleeping with them in the bed, <laughs> <laughs> right? No. So it's it's you know beside the pressure. You're you know I noticed that you know friends couldn't relate, and they used to be asking me, and I used to say, Corrine. Are you sure about this thing? I don't feel so. They were they were actually on the outside noticing, but here's how I interpreted that jealousy. I was like, they were jealous of me. You want what I have? Why are you complaining? Um, you don't want me to be happy. You, you know, you have somebody. You don't want me to be happy. That's how you know at that age you're thinking that I have mm-hmm. someone. They would have had someone, and it's like you feel like they don't want you to be happy. 
these are the kind of thoughts that's going through your head as a, as a young person at the time. Mm-hmm. When really, when really, it's really signs, people are seeing things that you cannot see because mm-hmm. why? You're in it. You're so in it. You're blinded. Right. You're blinded. And, <laughs> and that is what the whole awakening, you know, over the years, and it took me years. I can tell you it doesn't happen immediately. It takes you years to come out of it. And as the years went by, of course, I moved to Jamaica or whatever. And it was just about, I left the relationship about 2015, I think. 2015, 2016 is when things separated. And it was just a few years before that. I started to feel the urge to build my relationship with Christ. And I started going back to church. I'm Catholic. I started going back to church. I started taking my children to church. Even that was resisted in the house. You know, everything I tried to was, and I noticed, and then I started to talk out, you know, talk out certain things. And I realized, wait, I'm feeling a sense of competition. And I started to say too, why, why am I feeling that, that you're competing with me? Why are you competing with me for the children's attention, for everything? My first book that I brought out, I didn't get a congratulations, an acknowledgement, or I'm happy, nothing. I never got a compliment over the 27 years of Corinne, you look great. Um, you look loved. I never got a compliment. I never got an I love you. I never got any, any, <laughs> you know, and, you know, talking about it now, you know, it's like, what the hell is wrong with me? What the hell is wrong with me? And that is what you will go through. How could you be such an ass if I could use that on your show? I mean, I already use it. How could you, you be such an ass? You can say it on my show anytime, but it's about it. And that leads to my next question for you because you've become a self-worth coach and it sounds like yeah. that sprung from this experience. Of course, of course. And I'm still on that self-worth journey because it is not something that has a beginning and an end. It is, it is a continuous thing because you are triggered. You're constantly triggered by things constantly. And, and one of the things about the awakening and coming back to what I was saying about mm-hmm. my, my Catholic faith, I started to delve more into that. I, I got this, this, Deepening, and there were certain programs offered in church, and I said, you know, I'm going to do that. So from Pilgrim's Way, which is one of the things I did, started me on getting more, building my relationship with Christ. And then I did Curse You, which really did it for me. Curse Your program, we went on a retreat a couple of days, and oh my gosh, it was a deepening of my faith. Now, what, did that, what is that about for those of us who are not Catholic? Curse You, Curse You, C-U-R-S-I-L-L-O, is really... It's a Spanish word, and it's really, I can't remember what, what it actually means, but it's really a deepening of your faith with Christ. Okay. Where you spend a couple of days alone. They, they don't have the men and women together. They take the men by themselves and the women by themselves. And it's hard to really tell you what the experience is because each person have their own experience on, on that three to four day retreat. Um, they have a specific program that they walk you through, but it's really your journey. Nobody's telling you, you should feel this way or you should think this way or you should, your, your experience is going to be this way. You come out of that with your own experience. Um, but they have a program. It's, a, it's an international program. So I'm a member of an international group uh, of Kursiistas. Of um, so anywhere I go, I mean, if I just say Decaloris, that is a reach for help to anyone. I could be in any crowd anywhere. And once I say Decaloris, it's, like it's like a word that, once somebody has done that program, they know there is a sister, there is a brother in that program, and they will help you, take you in, your ho- in their home and all of that. It's, it's, it's like That's that. wonderful. What does that word mean? 
De Colores. Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. I'm so embarrassed to say, but I can't remember. Okay, <laughs> nobody had a problem. No, I'm so embarrassed to say, and I hope nobody from Kosi are listening to this. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I can find out and, and, and tell you a bit about the program after. I could probably do a blog and you can attach it to it. That will help inspire persons to probably do it. And you don't have to be Catholic to do it. It's anybody from any faith can come and do that program because crisis universal is not a matter of anything. So somebody Muslim, somebody Jehovah Witness, it, could, it doesn't matter who you are. It's, it's a relationship with Christ you're building. Mm-hmm. And so when I did that, I can tell you, and I will never forget this moment. It was, I think, coming down to the final day or night or something like that. Because you're in prayer constantly. Eh? You're in prayer, you're in um, introspection, you're in all of that. So you're really in a silent moment. There's no communication, no cell phone, no nothing. No, nothing. This is, this is away from everything. And I felt we had a, a particular um, mass at a particular point in time. And I felt the love of Christ so strongly, so strongly, Irene that the warmth, I felt uh, 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 my whole body, especially my heart, I felt a warm, such warmth in my heart. Unconditional love, unconditional. If I never knew what unconditional love was or is, I knew it then. And let me tell you, when I felt that I was bawling, bawling Irene, when I felt the love of Christ, it was like, and I'm talking about, and I want to make a disclaimer, if I go into tears please forgive me because it moves me to tears and when I felt that I there was no turning back it was like whatever I'm going through I am taken care of I am loved there's nobody out in this world earthly or otherwise that could love me more than Christ I don't need anybody else and I think that's where the self-worth journey starts because you really don't need anybody because it comes from a point of neediness this codependency, you know, and, and relating to narcissism and feeling that you need a man in your life. I'm talking from a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. Feeling that you need a friend. Feeling that you need this, this particular person or you need this job. Anytime you use the word need, it's coming from a place of codependency and lack. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Yes, we desire. Yes, we want. Yes, we need to survive. We're on this earth. You know, and we say we need money. No, you don't necessarily need money because we know if push comes to shove, you will survive without the damn money mm-hmm. because we are that creative. You don't need the money, but it would be good to have the money to be able to do the things that you want. And a lot of the things are really so materialistic. You don't need it. <laughs> it's true. But there's actually, there are actually movements now <clears throat> of people paring down and finding more, more freedom. Of course, all the brand name things, all the whatever, all, you realize you don't need it, please. Nice. When, you, when you really look around you, do you really, most of the times you don't even wear the damn thing. You haven't worn it in months. You haven't, <laughs> it's just there, right? You don't need it. Right. So I, I, after I felt that warmth and love from Christ, I am coming, returning back home to the house. That, I think that was a point. I can't remember what, I think it was 2013 I did curse you. And I think that was the catalyst to my eyes, spiritual eyes, not my physical eyes. I was using my physical eyes before. 
but my spiritual eyes being opened. And that was it, Irene. I, I, I went home and I don't know if you could understand what I'm about to say, but I, I had a, you know, when you smile, you know you're smiling. You know your cheeks move up, your lips, the ends of your lips move. You know you're smiling. But I was smiling and I didn't know I was smiling. I was looking out through the kitchen window and I, I wasn't even aware that I was smiling. There's something just said, pay attention to yourself. And I realized that I was staring out to the sunset outside in the green grass through the kitchen window. And I actually had a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> you were happy. You were enjoying. Yeah, I was in a joy-filled place within me. A joy-filled place within me. And that is when things started to turn in, in, in the house because I was different. I was different. Um, different in that, I guess, spiritual. I, I, there were things that I didn't have to accept. There are things I started to question more. There are things I started to see. You know, I, I, I noticed the competitiveness, the, you know, the resistance. You know, and I found it ridiculous. And I was like, wait, you want a medal for this? What, what it is? Competing for this? What, what? You know, I started to say it out loud as opposed to keeping it within myself. I started to say it out loud to, to, to my ex, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it created more contention and rift <coughs> in the house. And then I started to go gray rock. If you understand what I mean, gray rock. I, I, I just started to watch. Gray rocking is when you, you just watch the individual, whoever it is that's toxic, you know, mm-hmm. whether it is your husband or wife, you just, you, you, you're seeing their mouth moving, you're watching them speak, you're hearing the words, you're understanding what they're saying, but you just have no facial reaction and no words are coming out of your mouth. And it's like you, your whole, you're, you're processing, but in a slow motion type of way. Everything is like slow motion. And you're watching them and you're actually hearing more than the words that they're saying. I, I, I don't know if you're understanding. What- I'm understanding that from your heart and from your insights now, you're, you're perceiving this person in a whole new way. Yeah. That is, that is more of an objective way than from mm. coming from need, which is the original way you connected with this person. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just had, and then it started to anger it created anger from him. Mm-hmm. He was like, are you listening to me? Are you listening yeah, to me? I hear you. Yeah, yeah, because now I am, have no reaction. <laughs> I am not giving in to, the, to, to what I normally would have. Mm-hmm. I am just sitting there like a rock, just like when you would have a rock resting on, a, on paper. I was like a rock. And that angered, and I was like, interesting, interesting. You know, in my mind, I'm like, why is he getting angry? And he's like, are you hearing me? Are you hearing? I said, I'm not deaf. And I would calmly, you know, like one of those monks, I'm just calmly say, I am not deaf. I am hearing you. And, (laughs) you know. It infuriated him because he was losing control of you. And it was probably frightening to him also. Yes, yes, yes. And I just continued in that mode. And then, of course, the punishment started to come you know, in ways of not leaving money, in terms of not giving any kind of support, you know, leaving, you know, it's to punish. And I said, oh my, wow. But I managed, I managed. And I still took care of the kids. I still did what I had to do in the house until it was time to leave. Now, when it was time to leave, oh my God, 
that was something I didn't know how, where, why. And I just kept praying about it. And I said, God, you will open a way. You see it, you will open a way. And he just made it so that he said to me one day, Corinne, this is it. You know, God said to me, this is it. If you don't make this move now, you will never be able to make the move again. This is the opening. And he created an opening and I took it. <laughs> I took the opening. Mm-hmm. However, that opening had sacrifices with it. And I want to let people know it's not easy. I'm a mother and I love my children. And I also want to say that when you see mothers or women have to leave their children for whatever reason, do not judge, do not blame. You don't understand what may be going on. Do not do, do not. And I want women to also know, because this is about women in toxic relationships. I want women to know, do not, and, and, and I'm going to say this, but I know it will be hard to accept no, but take what I'm telling you. Do not, if you have to turn your back because of the circumstances that you may be in, that you may not be able to move with the kids or you may be prevented by the man because he may get wind of it or whatever it may be, or he may have friends because you see narcissistic people, they have their, their group of, <laughs> of support. They have their network that will come back and tell them little things. So you cannot, another tip, don't trust anyone. Whatever you're doing, you need to shut your mouth and don't, don't even tell yourself. Don't even trust yourself <laughs> with your own plans, right? Don't tell anyone, do what you have to do silently. And, um, you know, just, just, just do your thing. Act as normal, do your thing. Now, I know people listen to this and may say, oh, I'm encouraging people to do stuff. You... You know the situation that you're in. I'm not encouraging anybody to do what I did. It, you know, I had to do what I you did. You had to do what was best for you. And for some me. people may yeah. need to trust one person or two people who they really can to help yeah. them exit the relationship. Everyone has a different know. situation. Yeah. yeah, you have to know who you may be able mm-hmm. to trust. I trusted my priest because <laughs> he, in talking to him, because I didn't just do this on my own. I had, I had God on my side guiding me. I had to talk to a priest. You know, you have to know who, you know, who to really trust. But nobody really helped me to do my exit. I had to do it on my own. And that is the thing. You have to, there comes a point when it's really you and you alone. And, um, you know, coming back to the point about women and leaving their children, it's going to be difficult. But if you have to do what you have to do, you have to do it. Because let me tell you something. When you become a parent, you live your life for your children. And that's another thing. You live your life for your children. You sacrifice you. Sacrifice all the goals, all your dreams, all your whatever for your children. And when the point comes and you feel enough is enough and you have to leave, you feel you need to take them with you. And then, of course, that's another sacrifice. But you have to, sometimes you have to just look after you. You cannot be the best for your children if you don't look after yourself. And I always remember this thing that was said to me. You know, when you're in a plane and if it were about a crash or something, all the, 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 the thing that comes down from the top, the, the mask that comes down. They yes, always, yes. They say, parents or adults, you make sure you put it on first before your loved ones. You cannot help somebody else if you are not in a position to be strong enough to help them. And I remember that. I often think about the fact also that what are you role modeling for your children? Because ah. are you teaching them to also advocate for themselves and love themselves? Or are you role modeling that you should be able to take a lot of junk from somebody else and that's okay? 
I mean, and then what are you showing them that's okay for them to project later on in their own relationships? Yeah, and that is very, very crucial. That's a very important point. And people don't understand. You know, because when I hear people say, I live for my children, I'm like, oh my, what a sad situation. You're not supposed to. Your children, your role as a parent is to guide, to help them be a better version of themselves and to help them to be independent thinkers Mm -hmm. and, and and to fit into society or to fit into their own society. It's not a matter of fitting anywhere because they're, they're, they're different. And you don't want to create them as, as squares to fit into a square society. You're supposed to have them to be who they are meant to be. It right. doesn't matter whether society wants it or not. It doesn't matter who they are meant to be. That's your role. So if you are not strong enough, if you are not taking care of it, if you're not standing up for what you believe for yourself, what are you really teaching? And there are a lot, a lot, a lot, Irene, of dysfunctional families out there. I don't care. Oh, if you're, you're telling me? Oh, yes. <laughs> Why do you think I started this podcast? <laughs> a lot. I don't care if you come from the richest, dumbest home. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You are in a dysfunctional and you are dysfunctional and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You don't even know it. And it is only when you take a step back or 10 steps back and you you do a retreat or you 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 just take time out just away in a silent space you're gonna you're gonna hear see and feel and 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 emotions are going to start coming up in you that you never you never wanted to deal with that voice that keeps trying to cry out and scream out to you that is trying to tell you i'm hurt i'm in pain deal with me help me you have been ignoring because it is so painful and on that journey, which I'm still on, coming out of the relationship and even having to walk away from my kids or let, not walk away, but let my kids go. I mean, 50% is with me now. My eldest is here, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. It's just the other 50% to work on. And as it is, if, if it is that they don't want to be around me, that's fine. That's another thing. You have to be okay. And when we come down later in the show, I, I will share. I know you have certain questions that you want to ask me, but I will share how to deal with that. And, you know, it's, it's hard. It is, well, I what you're talking about is letting go. Yeah. And, that's, and, it's, it is, and a lot of people can't do that. But, no. I, but, but it's really important yeah. to do, be able to do that. In fact, if you want to talk to that now, I'd be glad to talk with you about that because yeah. then I want to talk with you about something else. Uh, that you've said that I think is really important to share with people. Yeah, well, then letting go is very critical. Letting go of a lot of things, letting go of who you were to who you are now becoming, letting go of your children. It's hard as a mother to let go of your children and, and put them back or allow them to go back into that sort of toxic environment. But you have to know, okay, um, if the person wasn't really physically abusive, you know, it's, it's a sacrifice. It's one for the other. And I, I mean, it's not like you're trying to make an excuse to say, oh, Oh, you just want to run off and live your own life and be free from, from, from all your responsibilities as a mother and parent. That is not it. I did this for 21 years. I raised my kids up, for, up to 21 years. It was me running everything, the house, everything. So I've done my part. Mm-hmm. I've done my part. Okay. And if, if the father is now having his own part for the last few years, hello, please. That is fair. I've done it for 21 years. <laughs> why, why do you want to crucify me? For, for not being there for the last two. Please, get real. Anybody who is trying to make me feel guilty, and that, that is something that you will go through. You are going to go through guilt. Your ego is going to beat the hell out of you to make you feel you were wrong, you were at fault. 
everything that happened, because that is what, that is what my ex did as well. Everything that happened is my fault. The sun didn't come out, the wind didn't blow, you know, the, the grass didn't grow, it's my fault. And I was like, fine, no problem. I could deal with it. <laughs> but it takes time. The guilt, the guilt is going to kill you. And what they try to do, and society and your own family and your own children try to do, is to bury you. And if you're not strong enough and strong in that faith, you know, in that relationship with Christ, you will bury your own self. And they're going to laugh. They will stand up on your grave and laugh. You cannot allow that. You cannot allow it. You know, I think that when you strike out on your own, it makes them uncomfortable. It rattles their um, patterns for their lives and all. Exactly. And makes them look within themselves. And that's such an uncomfortable thing. They don't want to go there. And when people are not accountable for themselves, it's Mm -hmm. very easy to yeah. point a finger at someone else and, and make them the bad guy. I've seen that happen a lot. Of course, of course. It makes them uncomfortable. And, mm-hmm. and especially when you don't ask them for help. When you don't mm-hmm. come crawling and say, oh, um, I have no money. Oh, could you help me? You don't ask for shit. You don't ask for You leave everything behind. You leave everything behind, right? Because sometimes you only go with the clothes on your back, Irene. You leave everything behind. And you walk away. It is not easy and you don't ask for help. I have not asked for financial help. I have managed on my own. And that is the one thing that keeps women in toxic relationships. If I want to go back to that, they're like, because it happened to me. How am I going to manage? Oh my God, I'm not working. I was dependent on this person and my spouse. How am I going to manage? How am I going to eat, drink, this or that? You manage. You manage. Let me tell you something. Once you decided to build your relationship with Christ, because no, you cannot do this on your own. I am telling you straight up. If you want to do this, or if you're in a toxic relationship and you're praying and thinking and knowing that you can't stay in this, listen to me. You need to get down in prayer. I'm not telling you who to pray to. There's only one God. There's only one God I know. But let me tell you, prayer is the answer to it. You cannot get the strength through anywhere else. Anywhere. You, you cannot- know, the way I like it, Corrine, is like you, you speak because you're your direct connection to God is through Christ. But there are a lot of people who will be listening to this podcast who do not have that direct connection, but they do have a direct connection to spirit or to to their hearts or to what, or, or a soul connection or whatever that is, whatever it is that works for you, find your path to that. Well, hello. I call him God. Some people call him Abba. Some people call him Jehovah. I call him source. I call him universe. It doesn't matter. It's a higher being. Right, right, right. Some people call him divine. I don't care what you call him, her, it. I don't care. There is a higher being that is directing everything in this world. So I'm not telling people just because I'm Catholic. It has nothing to do with Catholicism. It has nothing to do with my faith. It's a matter of there is a higher source out there that is that is controlling, working this whole thing for your greater good. And just tap into that. Tap yes. into that. And I will tell you, you think it's external of you, you know. Irene, it is not external of you. That higher source is within you. Mm-hmm. It is within you. But we are looking outside for it. It is not outside of you. So that strength really comes from within you, together, with knowing, knowing, it's a knowing that I can do this, that something is supporting me, that I will make it. So you have to tap into that. And you can't, you can't, this is why I say you cannot do it on your own. Your own 
3D physical human form cannot do it. This is what I, I want to drill it down to. You cannot do it on your own in that, in that form. You have to tap into that source, that energy, God, Christ, I don't care what you call it. You have to tap into that again, that strength, that resilience, that persistence, that, you know, I don't know what else to call it, to be able to move, to wake up every day knowing it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And also think about all the other persons, even though it might matter to you now, because you think, oh, woe is me. Is me alone in this world. I'm alone existing. Nobody else has gone through this. People have gone through worse. People have gone through worse than you and they have made it. Why can't you? Well, that's exactly one of the reasons I'm interviewing you because people need to hear inspiring stories that can help them know that they don't have to continue to suffer and that they can move on. But it may take, but it takes some work and it takes a lot of strength and faith. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, God, I will, I will say God, Christ, source, whatever, will send the people in your life to help you. Mm-hmm. He will remove the people that are not supposed to be with you, and he will send the people. He will create the situations. He, he, will, he will show you. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, there are people who have got, I've gotten rid of in my life that doesn't, that doesn't serve me, no value, and I, I don't hesitate to delete. I delete people like nothing. I mean, <laughs> there's a delete button on your computer, on your desktop, on your phone. There's, you know, it's, it's easy. Delete and reset. Reset, delete. <laughs> and you just, you just go like that. And you, you have to move in a, in a way, when you start on this journey, to not be attached to things. You see, this is what keeps us hooked. Hooked and triggered and, and, and staying in the situation. We are attached. Oh, what would the person think? I can't do that. No. Um, yeah, no, it's what you feel is what you feel. Is it hurting you? You have to do what's best for you. Is that about, is that about how you talk about, tell us about doing you and being yourself no matter what? No matter what, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard sometimes. I know, I know, but it's for you. Why should it be hard for you? Why should it be hard for your own benefit? I don't understand that. Do you? And I'm not saying it in, in, in a sense that you mash people's toes or you do it. Once it's not impacting other people, why, why you can't do you? And why, would it, why doing you would impact somebody else in the first place? I don't understand that. How what I'm doing for me is impacting you. I, I, I don't see the direct relationship anyway because what you are doing is not affecting me. So then how can it be the reverse? What I'm doing, how could it affect you? You are allowing it to affect you. I remember I was talking to a guy and, I reached out to him. I can't even remember what it is I was telling him right now because I deleted him. And, he, and I'm telling him something and suddenly he's coming. His response was, it was like, it's, it's affecting him. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Wheel and come again. Rewind. How, how does this have to do with you? <laughs> I am telling you something about me and then you're telling me you are upset and, and chastising me. I just said, you know what? You need to go. You need to go. I, I, I call that detaching from toxic people with love. It's like I call you know, it, you know, you're not meant for me, but I don't wish you ill. No, 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 no ill at all. I detach with you from you with love. Yeah, you just need to go. You're not meant to be in my space. And that's good. It might be good for somebody else, but just not for me. That's right. just what it is. That's just what it is. So, you know, even if you have to, you know, walk away from your children or let your children go or whatever. It's temporary. Always remember everything is temporary. 
it's temporary. That's a major tip I want to let people know. It's temporary. And temporary doesn't have a timeline. Temporary could be a day, an hour, a month, five years, 10 years, 15. It's temporary. It's temporary. Well, the, the truth is every, the only thing in life that doesn't change is that everything changes. Well, all right. There you go. There you go. And, you know, fast forward to where I am now. I mean, there have been some challenging times because it will never be without challenging times. Um, I went through what you would call sort of like convulsions when I realized I wasn't with my kids, my, my, especially my, my baby, my youngest son you know, being away from him, I only may see him once a year, you know, it's a number of things. I mean, I can't tell the full story here, you know, because we don't have the time, but right. I go through, I went through a lot of physical pain, mental anguish. And when I realized what it was doing to me, every day I'm bawling, crying all day, all night, can't focus, can't function. You know, all of these things is like debilitating, paralyzing, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can't function, you're, you're, you're out of source, you, you can't socially interact, you don't want to go out, you know, nothing, you're just there, you go through a depressive state. You're like, no, no, there comes a point when, you know, it's like spirit will say to you, hello, please, slap, slap, <laughs> wake up, you can't keep doing this to yourself. If you trust in me, if you believe in me, if you have faith in me, you're going to get through this. And you suddenly say, hello, this, this. I need to wake up. I need to, to get myself together. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm actually giving in to what these toxic people or your toxic spouse is doing. You're actually giving them more power by, by, by being in that state. I know it's hard. And I'm telling you this coming out of that state. And there are moments. It's not, it's not easy. There are moments where I would cry, you know, when the emotions are overwhelming. When, when the memories come back, and I could tell you, your, your mind plays, loves to replay those things in your mind. It loves to do it, that broken record replaying because it wants to make you feel guilty again, and you have to stop that record. You have to change that to a CD or, or MP3, or, you know, that broken record. Change it, change the tune, change the thoughts, reset and rewire. Yeah? Is that why you're now a self-worth coach? Because you speak to women who are going through these of things course. and you're talking to women in toxic relationships to give them that support that many that's of them right. may need? That's right. And that's why I decided I needed to write that book. You know, I deserve better. Because you do. I think women are, are not, you know, they don't have the self-worth. They're coming from a needy place, codependency, because I realize that I, I, I'm codependent, or I was, or still am, because it doesn't really leave you, but you just have to manage it. And then coming back home, I, I looked at my whole family environment and I realized it started it for me from a child, from a narcissistic home. Well, you, you know? often say that working on self-love and inner healing of childhood wounds is super critical. It is. You have to go back. You have to go back. And it's going to be painful. You have to go back. Even if you don't want to, it will send you back. Spirit will send you back. It now, will. how do you go back? Do you go back with help or you just get into You can see counseling. You can see counseling. You can, you can even, I mean, even if you don't have the money to sit in a open space where you feel comfortable, it could be out in nature, wherever it is. Meditate, whatever it is. Talk to someone who will be willing to listen and not judge, which is why you have to be so careful who, who you're talking mm-hmm. to. You don't need somebody to judge you. This is why I, I believe in just talking to source. The answers will come to you without, you know, because source, God, Jesus will not, will not condemn you. He will not judge you. 
But sometimes I think people's minds are so paralyzed or rattled from what's going on that I think having a trusted person mm -hmm. to speak with and mm -hmm. share with yes. helps them a lot to um, focus and to get courage. Yeah, and what just came to me when you were saying that is that, let's say I were to come to you and say, okay, Irene is my friend. You will serve my purpose or what I need at this particular point. You may not be the person when I have transitioned from that to another, another, another point. It might be Sandra at another point. So it's not to say I don't need Irene, you know, or I, I was talking to Irene, you know, Irene may say, I was the one she came to and I was there for her in the beginning. Now she's suddenly talking to Sandra. No, you were there for me when I needed you for this particular thing. I am at a different phase now because you're, you're supposed to be evolving. Mm -hmm. So the person who you have in your life now may not be the person. Just like, just like when they talk about season, everybody's in your life for a season. Mm -hmm. so Irene will be in my life for this particular season. I might need Sandra at another season. I might need John at another season. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to understand that as you go through this phase, this journey, there will be people that will come and go, just like the elevator. They jump off at a particular floor, who come on at a particular floor, who stays with you throughout the journey. It doesn't matter whether it is the elevator um, concept or the train ride. People jump on, people jump off, people stay, people go. Everybody comes in for a particular point in your life to help you, and you have to look at everything and everybody that comes into your life for as a lesson what are you learning what am i in this relationship what am i learning what what do i need to learn god why do you why did you send this person into my life what what is the lesson that you're trying to teach me that i need to be open to this is this is the position you need to come from when you decide you're coming out of a toxic because when you're in the toxic you're not asking those questions you're not asking about a lesson you're not <laughs> because you're in a codependent state you're in a state of neediness you're, you're you know you're not asking that. Your brain and your mind isn't there. But once you, you decide to become aware and, and, and you take on that journey, you have to come from a point of childlike state, submission, surrender, release, let go, be willing to learn, not judge, not criticize, not anything. You have to let go of all of that, that egoistic type of character. You have to let go of all of that and allow yourself to be the student in the, in the school of life. I think that's such such wisdom, and I love what you have to say about changing your um, need for codependency to becoming aware and seeing the relationship in a different way as to look at it and say, well, what am I, what am I learning from this relationship? What is it teaching me? What, what, what is its role in my journey? That's which, right. Which lessens your attachment, yeah. your neediness for the relationship so you can see it more objectively. Yes, yes, yes. And when you start feeling the emotions welling up in you, you have to ask, what, why am I feeling this way? Why, what is this that I'm feeling? Is it real? Is it not real? Is it an illusion? What do I, you know, you, you have to really question. You were not at that point before, but now you have to be like, why is this upsetting me? Why am I allowing it to upset me? Because we allow the things, you know, just like how you allow the person to treat you. You cannot blame the person who was being toxic to you. Yes, they may have a role in it, and they did, but it's you allow it. We have to take full responsibility for that. And we may have, we may have allowed it because we were not aware, yes, but 
still, you know, we knew deep inside, this was not what we deserve. We deserve better. But from that codependency, we felt, oh, we need this man. Who would want us after? I'm not attractive. I'm not sexy enough. Because I went through that. I'm too black. I'm ugly. I, I, I'm out of shape. I'm overweight. My breast is sagging. I don't have any ass. Um, I'm out of a job. <laughs> You know. I'll give you some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Please send some over. Please send. <laughs> right? Right? You go through all the excuses as to why somebody wouldn't find your child. But let me tell you this, Irene. I am the sexiest thing on the planet here right now. Bravo. <laughs> bravo. Bravo. And look here. I am attracting so many men. Men are looking at me and telling me how beautiful I am. You know, things I'm like, things that I never even knew. Corinne, your lips are sexy. I'm like, what? You have sexy lips. You never knew that? I'm like, what? So now I'm looking at my lips in the mirror. And I'm like, something that I never paid attention to. People are looking at my shape. They are looking at, my, at how, I dress, how I walk. I'm like, wait a minute. Where was this all along? Nobody was telling Because me. now you have self-worth within you and you have a whole different vibration coming out of you. Ah. You're very attractive to people. It's not yes, about... The, the 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 exact shape of your lip or whatever it's about the it's about who you are that is attracting people to you yeah you're vibrating at a higher level mm-hmm. you're strutting your stuff so you are definitely going to be attracting people know that 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 is at, at that level or higher attracting them you're going to mm-hmm. have the little you're going to have the little creepy ones trying to creep in in there that you have to eradicate as quickly as possible but but you 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 know you have to be aware of who they are you know, and, and I'm like, wait a minute, this, this is crazy. And it wasn't that you were not sexy and appealing and attractive before. It's just your self-worth, like you said, Irene, wasn't there. You were more into serving that toxic person, giving of yourself, being self-sacrificial, being more for them than you were for you. Mm-hmm. And now that they're out of the picture, you're able to focus now on you, you, do you you know, fix up your hair. I'm not saying to spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Just do your hair, even if it's a basic haircut and use the, use the color and do it yourself at your home or ask a friend to do it for you. Do something. We women are creative beings. Come on. You know, do your own nails. Play around with it. You know, go on YouTube. Learn how to do your own nails. Find some cheap things in a store. Do things to make you feel good. Fill up the bathtub. Put some little bubbles in there. Lie in it. Light some candle, even if it's not aromatherapy candle. Light the normal candle. (laughs) 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 Right? Get some wine. It might be cheap-ass wine or a beer and sit in there and drink the damn. (laughs) You know, play some music on the radio. Listen to your favorite station. So you 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 don't have to go all out until you get back to the point you know, of, of making the money because it, it's all part of the, the money also makes you feel down and out as well, especially if you were not in a job. And you build back, build back, build back until you, you're able to do things for yourself. Buy a dress. I do these things for myself. I go out, I see shoes, there's sale, there is a whatever. I buy shoes. I buy dresses. It makes me feel sexy. I do the things to make me feel good. I took up dancing and coming back home. Dancing was something as a child I always wanted to do. I love ballet. I love musicals. I took up dancing. So I do Latin and ballroom dancing. And that is what gave me life. And that is what made me even more sexy. People looked last night I went dancing and people are saying, oh my goodness, if your boyfriend see you whining like that, I'm like, which boyfriend? Which whining? I'm not whining. (laughs) (laughs) 
And think about this year too, with, with the dancing that you're doing, those hips come in very, ha very Hello, uh, please. handy. Hello, please. Yes, yes, and you work those damn hips. You work those <laughs> you get You get all that stress and, and the stress out of your body and you feel good and men come to you to ask you to dance. Hello, and I dance with every man. Like people say, oh, you're a dance whore. Yes, I'm a dance whore. I have no problem. <laughs> I mean, when women come to you mm -hmm. um, about their toxic relationships, do you also help them to focus on how they can make money for themselves and what they can do of course, to of survive course. in their transition? What does that look like when they come to you? Well, it all depends on their skills. I would obviously have to have that kind of discussion to find out what, what sort of skills, what they like to do, what's their passion, what they were doing before, you know, what people say about them because they might not realize that people tell you things and you're not paying attention. So somebody might say, oh, you're a great baker. You make great cakes. And you might think, oh, it's just a hobby. I, yeah, I do cakes. That could turn into a business. Yes. That can turn into something that you set up an online store and you sell your cakes from. People take orders and you sell your cakes. So it's, it's, it's that conversation that I will have to have with persons to, to find out really what it is that they do or like to do or they were doing before in a job or they want to do that they always wanted to do. And we can turn that into a business. That's great. I also want to ask you, um, this is so wonderful. And I know people are going to want to reach out to you. Yes. Um, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? And is there anything special you'd like to tell our listeners about? Oh, there are a number of things. Uh, in terms of Go, reaching, girl. <laughs> in terms of reaching me, my email is Corrine. I'm going to give Matt that personal email. People can reach me at Corrine, which is C-O-R-I-N-E-L-A-F at gmail.com. Spell that more, spell that slower so they can write uh, it down. Okay, it's C-O-R-I-N-E-L-A-F. So it's my first name, Corrine, or Corinne, as some people will say, L as in lamp, A as in apple, F as in father, at gmail.com. Um, then they also have, well, that's a longer one, your fave radio host at gmail.com. That's my radio show. I'm also a podcast and host, as Irene mentioned. Um, if persons just go to my website, corinnelafont.com. My first name, C-O-R-I-N-E-L-A-F-O-N-T.com. Or the selfpublishinguniversity.com, T H E, selfpublishinguniversity.com. Once you get to those two websites, you'll be able to reach me anyhow you like. Um, in terms of what's happening, a number of things are happening right now. Actually, today is the first day of promotions for a month uh, of my online uh, self publishing conference. It's the second year I'm having it in a row. Last year, we focused on marketing. This year, we're focusing on reverse engineering, which means we're going back to basics. Um, publishing itself, making a choice between traditional and self-publishing or even hybrid publishing. Um, because if you don't know the start, you wouldn't be able to know the finish. So we are giving away uh, free access using a code. You have to be able to register to be able to get access to that code um, for a one-day free pass for the one-day conference. It's a one-day conference and you get access for all the recordings. It's 10 wonderful speakers from around the globe, the US, me in the Caribbean, uh, Denmark, Australia, and I guess some other places, which I can't remember now, that will be speaking at the conference on traditional versus self-publishing um, and hybrid publishing. Um, so persons who want to get in for that one day and get access to all 10 recordings just for that day, um, they can register at, I'll send you that link, Irene. I can't okay. remember the link, but okay. it's a special conference link. I'll send you the link for that because uh, I don't want to confuse people with too many links and saying it on the, on the show. 
We'll definitely put them out there for yeah. everyone. Yeah, and of course, my two books will be coming out. I cannot tell you what date yet because it's been in hold for a while. Uh, the role of a mistress, and I deserve better. I love <laughs> the titles. I, I, I can't wait to talk with you about them when you come out with them. That was a fascinating I, conversation. I, I know the role of a mistress, right? That is such yes. a topic. And I, it, it's something we need to really talk about, you know, because some of us take on that role while in transition. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. Let me right. tell you, don't feel guilty about it. So what I want to do, I have a program coming up. I haven't put, put it out yet to promote, but if persons are interested, I would love for them to make contact with me to let me know if they're interested. It's a co-authoring program for those same two books, right? And any other, any other book that I may bring out, I prefer co-authoring. I think it does well for other people, you know, a team. So you're saying that women may want to contribute to your yeah. book about the role of a mistress and I deserve better? And I deserve better. So if you have been in a toxic relationship, you know, I mean, you're on the Grief and Rebirth podcast, persons who have been on it or would like to be on it, or even you, Irene, you know, you may know persons who may want to collaborate. I'm putting up a program for that. And also for the role of a mistress. People would have gone through it, whether personally been a mistress or they know their spouse has had a mistress mm -hmm. and what they have gone through and that and have their own, you know, um, perception or takes or opinions on that. That's a fascinating book because most people see that role as a very black and white, it's bad, but no. sometimes no. it serves a purpose. It and does. There are many different reasons why people go into those relationships. Yes, and they are not supposed to be judged. Just like mm -hmm. what I mentioned before, do not judge people mm -hmm. for the decisions mm -hmm. that they make. Mm -hmm. It's temporary, and whether temporary is 10, 15, 20 years, it is there for a reason. Do not judge. Right. Do not judge. And it's not to look at the other woman as. You know, if you're the wife and the person on the outside, you don't know. You know, we are all women and we should not, you know, look at another person and bring them down. I, if, if I knew, for example, somebody is a mistress to my husband, if I had a husband, I would talk with her. You know, I, I have no problem talking with her because she must be filling a need. There is, and she's filling a need that I'm not probably providing. <laughs> right. That I'm probably not providing. And it's great for women to work together. Somebody might say, wow, Corinne, you're truly awake. Yes. It makes no sense fighting something like that. It's best to work and collaborate. And then, because look at how it works in those kibbutz and, and those other places where they're in a Muslim religion, for example. They have more than one woman and they, and they get along pretty fine. You have an understanding. Mm -hmm. Why it is in our Western society, we, 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 we shun that and we look down upon it. Come on, we need to get real and, and change the way how, how things are. Come on. I hear you. Yeah. You know, with all that we've talked about, there's so much you could say about your tip for finding joy in life. And it sounds like you're on your own path to doing that. What would you like to leave with all of our listeners today? Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. That That's, guilt, that guilt and that record that plays in your head will do you in faster than you think it will make you age. It will make you sick. It will bring out diseases. It will make you socially, you know, incompetent. It will affect you in making money. It will, it will, it, it's those limited beliefs that you're planting seeds of. You don't need it. Forgive yourself. You have done nothing wrong. You have done nothing wrong. You have done what you could during, with the resources and during the situation. And, you know, we can all blame ourselves. I could blame myself. I mean, I was being blamed for abandoning my children. It's not, I never abandoned my children. I was still there for them. And nobody's going to make me feel 
that I did something wrong. At right. one point, at one point, I was there, and and I don't think there's something wrong for saving yourself. Which is worse? You know, I always said, you know, the one question that that I asked when I I had that you know relationship and when I felt that warmth and and things turned around for me in 2013 was, I stayed in it for 27 years. Do I want to spend the next 27 in this? And the answer was hell no. So it's up to you. You ask yourself that one question. I've spent X number of years. Do I want to take the next X number of years and stay in it? Forgive I think that's very, very wise. Very wise advice. Yeah, forgive yourself. You made a decision and you had to save yourself. Save yourself because nobody's going to come to save you. And then you, then once you're whole, you can, you can really revisit that's right. Things that and, and and now a different person who's healthier and has mm -hmm. figured things out is coming to um, change certain circumstances, certain things That's that right. happen. You have a different perspective. You have the, mm -hmm. your spiritual eyes now. You're not easily triggered. Yes, you might be triggered, but you have you're able to know. You have the tools to manage that, and 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 you will be able to walk away because you have learned the concept, the idea of letting go and releasing with love, with love, because you're coming from a place with love. So when persons are still carrying anger and toxicity within them, for, for you making a decision to save yourself, love yourself, I mean, if, if they're still toxic uh, you know, uh, uh, to, towards you, you are not going to be lashing back with that toxicity because you are in a, higher vibration, mm -hmm. you are in a space that they could never attain. So you are better off. You know, they always say, you know, um, let the, the, the better person, you know, be the better person. You must work towards a higher self, a higher being, that you are able to not react, but respond. You know, when you watch those Western movies, they're shooting from the hip, that's react. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, Right? That's reaction. You're like, boom. And then you realize, oh my God, I, I just killed that. <laughs> no, don't be reactive. Where it's like shooting from the hip. You must be able to, like that gray rock thing in a slow motion, you must be able to see things. It's happening in fast, you know, it's fast speed. But in your mind, in your space, it's in slow motion. You're able to have the time to respond. Some people may say, count to 10, count to 20, count to 100, count backwards, it doesn't matter you are able to respond rather than react. And you're coming from a better place and a place from love. Forgive yourself, love yourself. Nobody would love you except source Christ more than you. I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. And I hate to be winding up this interview because it's so wonderful. And I know that everyone who's going to listen to this is going to just love it. Um, but I'm going to have to, so let me... Um, let me kind of summarize and end and then um, send you off into the universe for everyone <laughs> here and enjoy you, Corrine. Thank so, you. Oh, you're so welcome. It's just been so great chatting with you. And I have no doubt that you've given so many of our listeners valuable insights about both self-worth and what could be their own toxic relationships. Yeah. Let's look forward to discussing your new books, The Role of a Mistress, and I Deserve Better. I'm all into that when they come out. So as I often say, from my heart to yours, to be continued, Corrine. I love that. <laughs>
to be continued. You know, you see that on those TV shows to be continued and it annoys you. You're like, damn, why can't they tell us what's going to happen right now? No, but you got to wait. To be continued. It will be to be continued. And you guys will hear Karina and me enjoying each other once again in the future. And yeah. I want to ble- wish you every blessing, Kareen. Thank you. And I accept, everything going on. I accept that with love. I accept that with gratitude. And I want to return the same to you. And I know you're going to do extremely well with your podcast. And I'm here to support you in any way I can. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. Thank you. Same to you, my love. Okay. Okay. Bye for now. <laughs>